Hello, welcome to Creative Blessings Zoom episode number one. <laughs> uh, joining me again today is Father Nico Bakri, and I'm Chris Katsakis. Normally, you hear us on our podcast. Today, you're actually seeing us in person. This is what we look like. Yes, I wear Avengers hat every day. Um, you have great and- taste. You have great taste. <laughs> So today we're going to be talking about Doctor Strange and how it pertains to our Christian faith. So I'll turn it over to Father and he can introduce the task. So uh, we should probably note that whenever we post this, um, you guys may notice that Chris is in his house and I'm in my office. Um, it is still very much shelter in place going on here in California. And we are in what, like week three of coronavirus right now? Week four? That is, that is yes. Do you guys have full-on shelter-in-place going on in New Jersey, or is it... Uh, is they it don't... Call, no, they're not calling it shelter-in-place. They're just calling it stay-at-home order lockdown. So because people are doing essential travel to central services, people are still going to the markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really know the exact difference between shelter-in-place versus stay-at-home, but... Uh, it sounds very similar. <laughs> we have just essential travel as well. Yeah. I mean, luckily here in South Jersey, uh, the cases are not exorbitant. I mean, uh, just in our county, it's about 800 some cases, 17, unfortunately, deaths. Uh, the neighboring county, about the same. But the one you ha- we're in southern New Jersey, closer to Philadelphia, the southern counties, even when you get down to the Cape May area, they're very minimal right now as far as probably because of lack of testing. But if you get to North Jersey, it's a real hot zone due to New York City, which is right, right. the highest concentration right now. Yeah. It's crazy right now. I hear yeah. that like um, 40% of all the, um, if I'm not mistaken, either the cases or the deaths or both are in just New York City. Yeah, yeah. Good, a good portion, yes. Anyway, we pray. We pray. Yeah, absolutely. There, there has been a lot swirling around about, uh, you know, deliverance and uh, a lot of, um, obviously people praying and, and we're doing our part over here and in the church services and so forth. We're actually on, on Monday, we are doing a special service that the Archdiocese translated recently. Um, it's a, it's the, um, it says office of supplication upon the threat of plague is the, is the name of the service. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's been a lot that has been flying around on social media about this. Um, I always love hearing all the wonderful stories of the great things that human beings are doing for one another right now all the yeah. ways that we're trying to support the hospitals and the medical staff just uh, who are heroes. I mean, you want to talk about superheroes, you know, um, I've been posting on my Christ Coffee Comics page, the Facebook page, wonderful little cartoons people are making about Superman giving them, you know, giving a doctor his cape and saying, I insist and stuff like that. It's great. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh yeah. It's wonderful to see the people banding together a lot from the private sector, jumping in and taking over where the government, you know, may have some issues. Excuse me, a little tickle there. Yeah, so it is nice to see the humanity of people actually being expressed, and we have to. I mean, this is a this is a global issue, and this this transcends anything. This transcends politics, religion, um, you know, any type of construct. This is a this is a human uh, issue. You know, this affects everyone. Sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll get we'll get uh, into this a little bit more a little bit later because obviously the topic today um, dovetails into coronavirus and uh, protection from uh, in our faith we believe. But um, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, and I, you may people listening may know that know where we're going already. But um, just to switch gears for a bit, I don't know if I've ever asked you, but um, so what did you think of Doctor Strange a couple of years ago, the movie that came out? 
And what do you think of the character? Oh, I've always enjoyed that character. It was one of my uh, top 10 favorites in the Marvel Universe. I used really? to love it. Yeah, used to love reading about Doctor Strange and the Defenders title, mm-hmm. uh, his appearances in Avengers. I uh, just thought it was a really well-written character, good backstory um, in the comic book, uh, you know, appearances. And I, I, I really enjoyed the film. I thought they picked a wonderful actor, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, I think, you know, even how they tailored it, a little, you know, to fit the Marvel universe in the movies, mm-hmm. I think pretty much nailed everything. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I'm looking forward to the second one. I mean, and I love how they integrated it, excuse me, into the Infinity uh, movies. Oh, that you know, was so good. A, so good. He had a you know, very key part in the whole story. <laughs> so, um, Dr. Strange just, pointing, pointing the finger at the very end. Yeah. Love yeah. that, love that. Anyway. So, uh, you know, and I remember when it was being made, uh, what really impressed me was the actor, Benedict Cumberpatch, and his co-star uh, went into one of the comic shops in New York City in costume. Really? And they just kind of went around browsing Oh, comics. man, that is so yeah, awesome. Were, yeah, you could find the video footage and pictures on, on YouTube of when they did that, yeah. I got to check and, it out. Yeah, so... Uh, Great. Yeah, they really got into their parts. So. I think yeah. th- I thought they did a great job with the movie. I thought I totally agree. They they did a wonderful job integrating it into the Marvel universe. The I mean the cinematic universe. Um, I, I so I've also loved the character quite a bit. Um, but I've noticed that Doctor Strange stories tend to oscillate in kind of two different directions. There's the um, there's the Steve Ditko kind of Doctor Strange, which for me is brilliant. So just for those who may be listening, not familiar with comics that much. Steve Ditko was the co-creator of Doctor Strange with Stan Lee in the 1960s. I think 63, I believe. I'm going to say, yeah, 63. Strange uh, and, the, and the first maybe three, four years, it was Stan Lee and Steve Ditko doing it. And Steve Ditko had an amazing way of drawing all the different dimensions and the concepts and the crazy abstract stuff. It was very 60s and very kind of psychedelic looking, although he was totally, um, he was a square. I mean... Ditko never did any drugs or anything. I mean, he, he said that all the time. Well, you know who his, his big influence was for the art, from my understanding, was Salvador Dali. Oh, yeah. Salvador Dali. Yeah. Totally. Totally. You can see that. Yeah. So, yeah, those original, those original issues are fantastic. So, when you get into kind of a conceptualized, artsy-looking, alternate dimension for Doctor Strange, I think, that's, I think it works very well. Later writers kind of took it into like a really kind of supernatural kind of uh, vampires and werewolves and stuff and you know, magic that's more um, HP Lovecraft. And I never, I never got into that as much. Um, I know that, that has its fans as well, but uh, I always preferred the Steve Ditko version. And I'm really glad that the movie uh, went that direction. They went the Ditko direction, you know, with the kind of cool con- conceptual stuff. So I think they did a great job. Did you ever, did you ever read uh, any of Roger Stern's Doctor Strange? In the 80s? Yes, yes. It really was the 80s is when I was reading the stuff. I didn't, I, beyond that, I didn't get into the 90s or past the millennia with Doctor Strange because uh, I kind of got out of comics after the millennia just because of school and work and costs. But yes, the 80s were, were the time I was reading Strange. So yeah. Uh, I, Paul I, Smith. Paul Smith. Paul Smith. Yeah. Him, yeah. One of the best X Men artists of all time. I loved Paul Smith's Doctor Strange. It was awesome. No, yeah. Yeah. Still, still waiting for uh, a collected edition of that. No, it'd be nice. The only uh, <laughs> the only Doctor Strange 
thing I did not enjoy was the 1970-something attempt at a TV movie. <laughs> the TV movie, yeah. Yeah, that was quite horrible. Those were Marvel's early attempts at uh, Hollywood uh, were not very successful. That's a kind word, attempt. <laughs> <laughs> there was another one. There was a Captain America one where he's on uh, a motorcycle. Oh, and he's oh. just, he just does a helmet with an A, a motorcycle helmet with an A, and it's just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the actor, Red Brown, who was in a lot of B-movies back in the 70s. Wow. And he, yeah, he, I don't know if you remember your Hunter from the Future. He was the lead in that. It just, no. he was, yeah, he, he played, he always played the uh, college jock bully in all these movies or the villain or, and then he started playing the good guy and then Captain America. I remember he was an artist too. That's what was I found funny. He was an artist, and he he was always getting upset after he became captain because every time he'd go to draw, he'd break the pencil. I thought that was weird. <laughs> I bow to your knowledge of of seventies B movies, my friend. Oh uh, well, that's all we had, you know. I grew yeah. up that time. <laughs> so it's and, like and Electric Company Spider Man too. Yes, exactly. And you know, your long-term memory is a lot stronger as you age than your short-term memory. So I can remember things back to six and seven years old than I do to 20 minutes ago. So. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. No, I think, uh, yeah, anyway, so to bring it back, Dr. Strange is a very, very cool character and famous for a lot of things. Do you have a favorite, like, um, do you have a favorite um, characteristic of Doctor Strange, um, maybe a favorite superpower of Doctor Strange. What what do you love about the character? Oh, I just I you know everything the uh, the notion of the eye of Agamotto, the the levitation cloak. I always thought was cool. Mm -hmm. I love how they did it in the movie too. Kind of have a mind of its own. Um, it choos yeah. it chooses the wearer. Yeah, I just always thought it was very well written, uh, and I, I remember there's a 2020. Uh, the TV show 2020 back in the 80s, they had a special. I think then it was like the 20th anniversary of Marvel, and they oh, were interviewing yeah. Stan Lee. Wow! And they were asking him about you know the character Doctor Strange, or they brought it up in conversation. And a college student approached me. He was writing his dissertation or his thesis on the incantations of Doctor Strange, <laughs> and Stan Lee is like, "There's no like history. I just made these things up." So he. <laughs> It was that was so it was so well written that you would think there was source material for for the the literature that he oh, was yeah, writing. Great. But yeah, so no, Stan's Stan's Doctor Strange was was fantastic. A lot of people point to Steve Ditko as Spider Man because he was also also the co creator of Spider Man. Yeah, a lot of people point to Stan Lee and Steve Ditko's Amazing Spider Man as some of the best comics ever, and they're and they are. Uh, I gotta say, I think I prefer Ditko on Doctor Strange. Yeah. And Doctor Strange was originally called going to be called Mister Strange, but he thought really? it was too similar to Fantastic Four. Oh. Yeah, I remember reading that a while ago. So uh, they said, ah, "Well, we'll make him a doctor. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll make him a little more official." That makes sense. I think Stanley also said was he was a big fan of Mandrake the Magician when he was a kid. Stan was because Mandrake came out in the '30s, that the, the famous comic strip by Lee Falk. Um, I don't know if you remember that. Do you remember Defenders of the Earth? Oh yeah, Mandrake, sure, absolutely, and. Uh, and uh, Steve Ditko used to look, uh, what was the radio show he used to listen to, like Chambra or something, The Magician? Oh, I don't know. That's what gave him the idea of the show. He was big into magic as a kid. Cool. And uh, there was a 1930s radio show he used to listen. So that's how he, he actually came to Stan with the idea. And then Stan says, oh, you know, I love Mandrake and all. This. So, yeah. Oh, getting back to Mr. Strange, I meant when I said Fantastic Four, I meant because Mr. Fantastic, they didn't right. want it two misters yet. So. Got it, got it. Makes sense. 
Well, what I was going to say, one of the things that is probably the most famous aspect of Doctor Strange's power is, is that he can, he can, you know, he can conjure up like, obviously he can fly, he can do his, the astral projection stuff, um, kind of cool, bizarre powers. But one of the things that he makes is, is shields, right? He makes, yeah. he makes invisible, mystical shields um, with his powers. He says, you know, I, in fact, I want to even say, he calls it the shield of the seraphim. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, which is kind of interesting, but uh, it was just, I mean, it's obviously, I don't think they meant anything deliberate by it in terms of making it a religious reference. I think Stan was just drawing from whatever he heard, but um, the fact that Dr. Strange is um, obviously protected by a lot of assaults from the outside. So there's Dr. Strange fights uh, evil forces that are also mystical in nature and have power similar to his. And he often puts up shields to protect himself and um, people near him. And, you know, it's interesting because I remember I, I had some relatives visiting from Greece, like close to 10 years ago, who came to see uh, my, came to be here for my ordination to the priesthood, which was amazing. And the next day after the, the service, excuse me, the next day we went to lunch and um, I don't remember how the topic came up. I want to say because, um, you know, my, my, my cousin who was asking was into like Harry Potter and she was saying, she's like, so, so Nico, what do we believe about, um, you know, baptism and what do we believe about uh, our faith in terms of, you know, good and good versus evil, just like you see in this fiction and stuff. And, you know, obviously I was just, I was using layman's terms like we, like we do with our pop culture reference. And the best way I could explain it, because I don't know that, you know, too much of the theological vocabulary in Greek was basically saying, look, you know, as Christians, we believe that with all these things that we're praying for and all these things that we have, that we have some kind of like, and I, and I couldn't think of a, a good word in Greek. So I just said, it's an invisible shield. Is what I said. Right. And I said, you know, so no matter what, you know, Satan or, or evil throws at us, right? Because we do believe in the existence of good and evil and good versus evil is a very powerful um, storytelling, you know, template, obviously. Um, it's basically been, as, been around as long as human beings have been around. So I, I basically said, you know, our faith also is this mystical shield. So, you know, if we want to kind of compare imagery, you know, in terms of, well, if we want to talk about the strength that we have with that, you know, um, we too also have these, um, you know, prayer is very powerful. The cross is very powerful. Um, you know, one of my brother did a martial arts class and he was, um, this is years ago, but you know, he, he and all the students were lined up. And at one point his teacher, you know, who was, I don't know, I don't know if it's, if it's a religion or if he's just really into super into us, the spiritual side of a martial art, but he was walking down, um, the, the line, you know, of everybody and he stops at my brother. And my brother's wearing his cross, right? And, but it's under his shirt. And so the teacher asks him, he says, he stops and he says, are you wearing a powerful amulet of some kind? And my brother's like, uh, I didn't really think about that, you know? Mm. And he's like, because I'm, I'm sensing like you have some kind of a strength like in front of you right now. And he's like, he's like, is it my cross? And he's like, yeah, that's it. He says, and he wow. pulls on his cross. It was amazing. So these kinds of, these kinds of you know, kind of images of, of shields and, and protection, um, are very much things that we believe that we have in our faith, right? So, um, you know, during Lent, we have this very famous hymn that we sing to the, to the Mother of God, right? Just during Lent, and that's Tipa Maho, right? O Champion General, and it was, it, was, it was written at a time when, you know, the city of Constantinople was victorious in repelling, um, you know, an, an invasion of either the Persians or the Muslims or the Turks or somebody. And they wrote that hymn to the Mother of God um, because they besieged her for protection, and they won. So we, we hear that during Lent. And so divine protection 
is, is a theme that is found in both the hymns um, to the Mother of God during Lent and in a lot of the prayers, uh, like of the Akathis service. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as Orthodox Christians, especially during um, when we talk about times when we're questioning our spiritual well-being and physical well-being, you know, the Paraklisi services that we do all the time also are about beseeching for physical protection and, and praying to God for in all kinds of different ways for physical and spiritual. So the, the moral of the story for me is that um, we believe that as Orthodox Christians, um, and, and as Christians, obviously, if we pray, um, you know, if we believe in Christ and we believe in the Mother of God, um, we also have this kind of protection against evil um, and against bodily harm. And, and we should take great comfort in that, especially in times like we're living in right now. So to bring it all the way back, um, you know, we, we should have utmost confidence that there are, we're not alone in this, and we are very much um, protected by, by forces that we cannot see. Um, and that is no small thing. That is very, very important and very, very powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and the more people pray, I think, the more you feel it. And then, you know, we, from a personal note, we just had a parishioner, actually our former priest's son, uh, who had come down with COVID, 46-year-old man. I grew up with John, um, healthy otherwise very bad case was on a ventilator and i mean the prayers were coming from everywhere you know from orthodox non-orthodox non-christians and uh i mean a few days ago got off the ventilator and he's doing better so i believe in the the power of prayer i believe in the power of positive thinking i think you know this even if you're not a christian we know we know um forces of nature through science positive and, and negative energies i mean this is this is grounded in physics i always say science and religion walk hand in hand they don't oppose each other so whatever your your beliefs are um we know certain facts that you know there is a positive and a negative of things they can't exist without one another uh in terms of the physics of this world but uh getting back to being a christian yes i do strongly always have and in times of need and times of despair it's it's what gets us through it's what comforts us which fills our soul so to speak and and uh, reaffirms our faith for sure i mean you know it just it just kind of dawned on me that you know we actually may have a shield of the seraphim a real one <laughs> yeah you know, because yeah. we believe that angels exist and uh, and that god sends them to people who you know need protection so that's and, and we all have a guardian angel as well so wow i just i just stumbled onto that so whatever anyway for what it's worth um you mentioned positive thinking as well that is something that is so 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 powerful and, um, you know, I was listening to the radio the other day about ways to kind of stay safe from coronavirus, n- not including shelter in place, but I'm just saying, you know, just kind of, you know, immune system and getting, you know, getting rest. This doctor was saying, um, obviously washing your hands and all this stuff. One of the things that he also said, though, was um, being passionate about something and having a purpose in life. He says, yeah. there's some studies that have been done that say that even this kind of, you know, positive thinking, this kind of positive uh, attribute to one's personality does strengthen the immune system. Absolutely. Uh, which is really beautiful. And, and uh, yeah, I totally believe that as well because we are psychosomatic, right? We have a body and a soul and they do affect one another. It's very important now because I think people are scared, not just because of COVID, but our economy shut down. You know, people are losing an income or two. They don't know what the future is. They're, 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 stress levels are high so their immune system might be even more compromised so you know i know there's that notion of becoming encompassed in negative thought but you really have to try to cognitively 
and your mind detach from that and focus on what is the good in your life right now mm -hmm. and be thankful for that. And if you can focus on something, uh, whether it be a hobby or something you've been always wanting to focus on, even if it's just exercise, that alone is going to help you physically, the endorphins, that'll yeah. boost your immune system too. Um, of course, you know, in moderation. Um, and, you know, I think it's an opportunity now for those that are home with their families to reconnect and connect in a way maybe you've never had before mm -hmm. or have had the time to. Um, I think we all, you know, live in this very fast-paced world and all of a sudden we came to a screeching halt in a sense because technology is allowing us to still, like this, you know, continue on. But now we're, we're confined with your family, your children. I mean, I say, you know, I'm saying to myself, well, this is really what it was like for many centuries. Mm -hmm. You know, this is where, you know, people ate around the dinner table and entertainment wasn't the first and foremost thought. Um, it was bettering of oneself and, you know, I mean, they didn't have the medicine or the technology then life, life was even more precious because you didn't really know what your lifespan was. I mean, you had diseases coming left and right, especially the pioneers, whether you're coming from Greece to America or you were the, you know, frontiersmen out on the West, little house on the prairie, whatever. Right, right. You know, they, and I, like my own family, you know, decades, uh, generations back, they were having many children because some of the children wouldn't survive, you know, because of smallpox or other uh, diseases. And, you know, the, my, my mother's grandparents, they died in their 30s from diseases. So, you know, it's like you think about that, that that's, a, that's a kid nowadays, you know, <laughs> a young, you know, that, that, was a, that was an aged adult. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, things have really changed. But, um, yeah, I think it's very important to... Um, keep that positive mindset and not try to go down that dark path. Mm -hmm. I, I almost, you know, it's like kind of like the, the, the Star Wars Jedi, you know, don't lead into the dark path because it will re lead, suffering leads to mm -hmm. the dark side. I believe that very much. And that type of suffering, when we say suffering, you know, gets us closer to God, that's, that's a different concept. So mm -hmm. um, that's how I look at it. Great. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, to bring it back to the power of prayer, I remember one time I was probably in college and an uncle of mine had found out that he had a brother in Greece who was dying very, very suddenly. He was only maybe he was only in his 40s, 50s, somewhere in there. And it was uh, it was some kind of a fluke thing and some kind of a heart condition or something. And so um, my uncle said, you know, I need to get on a plane. I need to fly back to Greece and I need to see my brother before he passes. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember there was a lot of trepidation and a lot of worry that he was not going to get there in time to see him and say goodbye. I remember, um, I must've been maybe in my early twenties or something or late teens, but it doesn't matter how old you are, uh, because no matter what age you are, God hears us. I remember praying that night so hard for my uncle, for my uncle's brother to stay alive so that he could see him before he passed. And, you know, I remember doing that a lot that night and the next couple of days, you know, as you get on, got on the plane, because travel time takes a day or two, right? Um, and I'm sure many, many other people were praying for him. And even though the doctors were saying that it was very possible he would only have a matter of hours, he lasted like another week. Um, and so my, my, not only did my uncle get there, but he had a couple of days to be with him um, before he passed. So, um, and he did eventually pass away. But the moral of the story is, could it have been a coincidence? Maybe. Um, but I absolutely, I mean, as in, in here, there was a tremendous peace within me that was saying, no, you know, just 
I'm hearing your prayers, you know, and, and, uh, and I'm sure those of many others. And I just felt like those prayers really, really made a difference, you know, in that, mm-hmm. in that kind of changing what was, what was around us and even what was within that, what was within his body. So prayer is very, very powerful and a tremendous, tremendous protection. So I know people know that, but you know, during, during times like this, when there's a, t- there's a t- ton of uncertainty and, and anxiety going around, I think this is kind of a, a little bit of a wake up call. Uh, when we kind of get back to that, because we sometimes forget that um, what really matters, what's really important, and what really um, makes change in, in the world, you know, and in, in our own lives. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you know what I went through this past summer with my health scare, and that was that's what got me through was the power of prayer, knowing others praying for me. Mm-hmm. And even to the point of going in for the biopsy, um, I, I had this calm feeling come over me just before and knew that things were going to be fine and they did turn out fine. And, uh, you know, that, that was a comfort in itself, knowing how many people were praying for me and knowing that my extended fam, my spiritual family was right there with me. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I've, I've felt those times in my life as well. So, you know, it's just, uh, it just, and I'm sure that many of us who are, Many of us who we know, uh, I mean, sorry, many whom we know and many of us who might be watching or listening to us today um, are thinking right now about the same topic and, and ways that it's affected their own life. So uh, it is a very real thing um, and divine protection absolutely uh, makes a huge difference in our life. So if there's one message that I, wanna, that I want us to think about and, and pass along today and hopefully comes across to all of you, uh, is that um, you know we do have a lot of protection uh, around us uh, if we simply ask, and it is very real. And um, you know, all we need to do is quote unquote, unquote just tap into it. You know, so prayer is very powerful. Beseeching the, the prayers of others is very powerful. Beseeching the prayers of the of the Theotokos is very powerful. Um, and and God listens. So um, in times like these, uh, it's especially important. So. Definitely encourage everybody to do it. So also so that the world gets over this much faster. And what an appropriate time that we're talking about this right before Holy Week too, right? Absolutely. Yes. Very much so. What kind of plans do you guys have uh, for Easter even now that we're going to be all quarantined? Well, we'll be zooming into our services. And I urge everybody out there that's watching this, if you have the technology, look at your local parish, see what their services are, or, or tune into another parish. Um, you know, it's uh, as you you yourself are having services, so we'll be doing that. And uh, we plan to get dressed up for Gnosticy and, and have our Sunday meal. And we ordered our lamb. Hopefully, it'll come in today uh, with our delivery. And yeah, uh, like from yeah. a family, you got a you got a whole lamb on the spit. Uh, it's just a, it's a it's a um, a part of a lamb from Walmart online, but it's a lamb. Walmart <laughs> well, has lamb. Wow, how about yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> I got to go to Costco if I can get in, if it doesn't take me an hour, but to get like a leg of lamb or something just so we can cook next week. Well, uh, Costco has delivery too. So (laughs) just, yeah. yeah. I thought it was only a certain amount of money. I got to look into that. I think it's $30, but if you spend over 30, they'll deliver. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. So, and and you, other than services, how are you planning to celebrate? I have not even uh, thought that far ahead yet, my friend, honestly. Um, I'm just thinking about the services right now. I I really, it's very weird for me because normally I'm making my visitations, my rounds right before Easter for those who can't come to church. We've been told by the archdiocese and by our, by our bishops that we can only visit people if it's an emergency, like if the person is dying and thank God we don't have anybody 
uh, dying in the parish right now. So I'm yeah. not making any visitations on that end. Um, so, so we'll see. So I'm just thinking about the services and trying to communicate as much as we can to the people online so we can connect so they can feel connected during, during the week as well. And we'll go from there. But yeah, but I will say to, to, to bring it to the mundane now, to bring it back to the meal, um, my wife and I were given a slow cooker for our wedding 12 years ago. And we finally started using it like maybe four or five years ago, I'm going to say. And now we swear by it. So I can't wait to have lamb in the slow cooker. Yeah. Because we're not going to go to somebody's house this year. Janet's really big into the uh, air fryer, with the, which is not, oh, really. Turkey, I mean, yeah. We've done steak and pork chops. It, mm. and it, that's fish. Oh, it, it's amazing. It's like, and it's healthier. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Give a spot for me at the table. Uh, when yeah. Always, always. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. Is that where we're uh, we're heading? Is to uh, virtual food sharing. <laughs> 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 anyway, so well, I think that was a uh, enlightening aspect of Doctor Strange. If you think about the shield, and I think uh, we could all use a shield. <laughs> and I like, uh, it. I like it. Yeah, definitely. Sounds good to me. Okay, well, we're uh, going to... Yeah, nice to see to you and your family, brother, and to everybody. Same to you. Um, blessed Same to resurrection. You. And everybody listening, be safe, be healthy, be happy, um, and uh, keep praying for everybody. And we'll, we'll get through this. I mean. And we know. I mean. All right. Bye for me. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>